everybody. Welcome back to North Idaho Now. This is episode 148 for July 12th. Chance Watson and Molly Roberts bring you the news today. And this episode is brought to you by the North Idaho State Fair. The North Idaho State Fair is set to celebrate its 100th anniversary this year from August 19th to the 28th. It wants you to join in on the fun. From monster trucks and extreme bull riding to carnival rides and live concerts, there's something for everyone at the fair. For the first time ever, the North Idaho State Fair is offering golden tickets that give holders lifetime access to the fair, and all proceeds will go to our new livestock building. For, for tickets and more information, visit NISFair, that's F-A-I-R dot fun. I hear that uh, the uh, the the beer, the 100th anniversary beer of the fair, mm-hmm. is another sponsor of the show, Mad Bomber Brewing. Oh, really? I did hear that, yes. Ooh, yeah. that's cool. I'm to check that out. You know what, what it's going to be? Can you uh, it might it the... might It might be a, a, a booby trap. Blonde, perhaps. That's that's what I'm thinking. Cool. But but that could that could be that could be different. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna but, figure that but, out. Right. Figure that out. Cool. Well, that should be fun. Yes, very much so. Molly. Chance. We have had a very productive morning, haven't we? <laughs> uh honestly we have. I mean I mean I, yeah. I have had a pretty productive morning yeah. despite <laughs> I mean, depending on your mean of productive. Despite, um, despite my boss. Despite my boss, Chance Watson, <laughs> then giving me, uh, sending an email about some pyramids that are perhaps in in Mullen, by Mullen. Mm-hmm. And... Don't tell everybody, then no, they know. I know. I, I'm not going to tell <laughs> everybody. Although our uh, coworker, our research department... Did tell everybody he did, he did yeah. a public it's, Facebook it's, post, it's so there. now it's out there. Well, now I shared it too because I'm I'm drafting volunteers to go with me. Yeah, because so... if you have have like a a treasure treasure hunting type like adventuring group, right? You have to have people like someone's not gonna make it. Oh, you based on have based on the movies, eat. like right. someone's not going to make it. Oh boy! So you gotta have like the the Sean Bean of the group, or yeah, something. you got. I mean, you I have I am going to, to look behind. for this treasure. Like this is this is a weekend. I am yeah. going to go do this. Chance is gonna uh, go look for these. Whoever wants to go look for treasure with me, you're you're more than welcome. Uh, just just message nin and uh, we'll 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 get and a, we'll get you we'll get you on the we'll list, get a group together on the, on yep. the absolutely on the, on the Goonies list yes absolutely uh, we are going to find some treasure gang um, pretty so so excited about that uh, definitely a good use of our time it was a great use of our time yeah. um uh, <laughs> I mean oh, hey no, I did I did get some I mean if there is treasure if, up there that's gonna make a great story I mean even if I mean, you keep saying treasure. I I think there might just be pyramids. I think there might just be structures out there. But what what happens if there's no treasure? There's just structures. Well, you got it. Well, so they'll. I mean, I mean, if this was 17th century England, uh-huh. doesn't matter how big it is. It's treasure, and we're gonna pick it up and put it in a museum. So, True. Okay. I so get I gotta. I, I gotta. I have to get there before uh, right. the 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 rich mogul. Goes up there and wants to wants to put it in his backyard we next do to his have pool. Some rich moguls in the yeah, Silver Valley. so I have to get up there and protect it. Mm-hmm. It belongs in a museum, or 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 not at all. Maybe just leave it alone. Maybe, maybe. Just, <laughs> oh boy, what have we started? See now. Uh, those who are very confused, uh, it, you, I, we're not going to read the whole thing on here. Yeah. If you are very curious at all, there's an old publication called The West Shore. Uh, it's it came from Portland, Oregon, in 1890. Very fun read. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably completely made up, but but you know what? What's life without some whimsy? Oh and, my uh, goodness! And whimsy, you know what? Some mystery. Yeah. 
And maybe, and you know what? Even if I go up there and I find absolutely nothing, is a good hike. So it is a good hike. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's over by uh, Lake Stevens, mm-hmm. which is a gorgeous little hike. So exactly, it's just not... chance. You want to go hiking? No. Do you want to go look for treasure? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. I do want to go on an adventure. That's, I, for future reference, all of my friends and family, if you ever want to get me to go hiking, don't mm-hmm. ask me to go hiking. Mm-hmm. Always lead on that like we, we're hiking into somewhere with buried treasure. Oh, okay. Even if you don't, yeah. You, you like, even if there's it, not, like, you could sell it to me, like, oh, you know, next time, gang. You yeah. Know, like, we'll find it. I feel like if people say, hey, let's go on an adventure, I'd be like, okay. Like, even like even on something that's like, uh, let's go hike the Pulaski Trail, we, we might find Ed Pulaski's pistol. True. Like, I, right. you know what? I'm, right. I can go, I can work with an end goal. I'll go search. Yep, absolutely. An end goal. That's it, it. Right. It's yeah. like this, It's like the strategy of running on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Some people like I cannot run time. Mm. Like if it's like yep, uh, run thirty minutes. Right. I can't. I can't do that because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how fast you run. You're still on the treadmill. You're still right. It's- I like running distance. Oh, like okay. like uh, like I I'm ran- gonna run a mile today. Yes. Because if right. I'm hating it, I'm just gonna crank up the speed and sprint this out. True. And get right. it go- get it over like, with. Yeah. Oh God, I I still just have to run for twenty right. more minutes. Right. I could run. 10 miles, I could sprint to 10 miles per hour or, or walk it. Or it walk doesn't matter. It. I'm right. on it. I'm on here for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. See, now you're, now you've got. We need an end goal. Yeah. 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 There you go. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's. Even, even if, if it might be made up. Yeah. Even if it's made up. <laughs> Whatever. You know? I'm okay with that. Most things in this world are. So we need, we need more whimsy in this world. <laughs> exactly. Some People more whimsy, are... some more adventure. Yeah. That is true. I agree. Clint yeah. is listening to this right now. He's like, I can't believe. I am paying you to look for your treasure. Yeah. Um, this was an assignment that Jokes I was on you. today. Joke's Clint. on you, Clint, because we're going to find it, and it's going to be the greatest story that, that we've ever, ever written. Yes. We're going to have the treasure, and <laughs> he'll want, he'll want, I'll, we'll bring you back something. <laughs> we'll bring you back something. I'm sure Clint wants something from the Clint. woods of Mullen. <laughs> My God, he's like, no, please, don't bring me. I don't care what there is out there. Don't what bring if it it's back. Buried to me. treasure, though, guys. I don't. I don't think Clint cares about buried treasure <laughs> quite as much as we do. From what I know about Clint, right? That's probably fair. <laughs> like, stop traipsing around the woods. Just give me my stories. He's already got a Scrooge McDuckian vault. It's all good. <laughs> and all of the streaming services. It's it's just filled with gold coins and Heelys, <laughs> as far as I know. Oh, just, boy. just every size of Heelys that you can think of. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Every color, every size. That's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't. I can't wait to see it someday. <laughs> <laughs> That's another treasure hunt for another day. That's true. Uh-huh. Not for today. We've got too much stuff going another, on for yeah. today. We're, I can't. One treasure. Any... One wacky zany goonies type treasure hunt at a time molly yeah honestly i can't please no one else ask me for another zany's uh zany goonies treasure hunt because Uh, i i can only handle one at a time (laughs) speaking of that though uh we know that stranger things Mm -hmm. basically the modern day goonies very true at the moment Mm -hmm. um what i i really do as somebody who's not necessarily into like Kid family type movies. Sure. Like I don't watch very many, you know, Pixar or or okay, animated right. Disney movies mm-hmm, or anything like mm-hmm. that. I do appreciate that style of like Goonies or um, mm-hmm, Zathura. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. I, I yes. enjoyed Zathura. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And then, but, it, so, Stranger... It, it is a similar sort yes. of, everyone, all the kids, a little it's an more adventure, horror, they but band together. That's true. A little yes. more horror, but yes. yeah, um, there's there's that, like, and, and Stranger Things is definitely mm-hmm. going into that. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, there was a quote recently, somebody was uh, given the, uh, what are the, what's the creator's names, the Duffler brothers? The Duff, Duffy, Duff, Duffy. Duff, Duffy brothers, whatever. Let me see. Um, yeah. They, they were getting some criticism Duffer. It, oh, no. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. I'll anyway, it. <laughs> it's, it's not Duff. Duff is the beer in The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they were getting criticism about like, this isn't, you know. Duffer. It, it is. Why doesn't more people die in this? And it's like, mm. and he's like, because this isn't Game of Thrones. Like, I saw that too. Yes. Yeah. Right. I, I appreciated that. I and do it's, too. Yeah. yeah Sometimes, you know, not every adventure has everybody that, but uh, hence why I'm trying to draft more people for the treasure hunt because somebody... <laughs> It's just based on movie rules, you know. I mean, that's very true. (laughs) Someone often dies. Right. Uh, I don't know now that I want to go on this adventure. It's the first person that steps in the booby trap. Mm, That's true. That's true. If that makes any sense. Well. But then you got to bring somebody like musically inclined because there's a music puzzle. You know, there is. There usually is. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, what else was there in the Goonies? There was a music trap, and you got to find keys. Oh, my goodness. This is like an escape room right. now. Right, yeah. It's, well, we got to be prepared for anything, <laughs> We do Molly. have to be prepared. I have I have always, every escape room I've been to, I have Do you do well in those? Escaped. I do pretty well, I feel like, yeah. I mean, I, I've done about uh, five, and I've escaped every one, so. That's pretty good. Okay. Not too bad. Last one I was in, uh, there was technological problems. Ooh. Um, it was kind of like the end game was reliant on these Tommy guns that uh, like needed, like they were remote, you okay. know, like they went, doo, 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 but it was supposed to shoot like a laser uh, and the laser wasn't working. Ooh. So, right. It kept saying that we were getting shot by the, by the bad guys. But you weren't. In reality, I'm sitting here like right in front of him, just pulling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> pulling the, pulling the laser gun. Yeah. Was, that's no fun. No, no, no I gotta, Yeah. Wasn't. Everything has to work in yeah. the escape rooms for it to really be uh, the the experience I that agree. you want. Well, I feel like based on my uh, viewership, uh, oh, and J- Jumanji's another one. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, Jumanji's another one. Uh, that's it. Oh, God, I was watching the 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 classic recently, and that mm, that really holds up. It you know, really does it, it really does holds up? Especially for especially for like what was what movie? What year did that come out? This is like mid nineties, right? Yeah, ninety five. Ninety five. Yep, yep. Yeah. I, for 95 special effects, yeah. it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's not bad. Him sinking through the floor, yeah. all of the... Yeah. No, I the agree. Giant, the it's giant still, mosquitoes. Right, you don't watch it now and be like, ha ha, this is so cheesy. It's right. like, oh, this holds well, up. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. bad. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely not bad. I mean, a Robin Williams, anything that Robin Williams does. Sure. He's great. It's hard to, it's hard to critique that. It's hard that. to critique Robin Williams. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Funny man. Funny man. R.I.P. All right, All Molly, right. you ready to move in some news I and stop talking about so. treasure? For now. For, for now. <laughs> for now. For now. Mining Company is a leading low-cost silver producer with operating silver mines in Alaska, Idaho, and Mexico, and is a growing gold producer with operating mines in Quebec, Canada, and Nevada. They're the largest primary silver producer in the U.S., responsible for one-third of the silver produced in our nation. Their philosophy is to operate mines safely by promoting a deeply rooted value-based culture, leveraging mining skills developed over the company's long history, and by innovating new practices. To learn more about Hecla Mining Company, please visit HeclaMining.com. Uh, fun fact, Hecla got their start uh, after they came across all the gold doubloons mm. at the uh, at the pyramids wow. of the Coraline. Oh, surprise! Yeah, that's fun. I didn't know that. Yeah, and most the, and don't. they fight the crab people. Yeah, 
Absolutely. They use the gold to finance their war against the crab people down below. And that is... Keeping us safe every day. Those are the facts. That's it's... why you guys listen to this podcast. <laughs> For cold hard facts. the facts. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Moving into Coeur d'Alene Post Falls Press headlines for Saturday, July 9th. Yeah, July 9th. That's mm-hmm. right. Headline, Everybody Has a Name. This is by Bill Buley. Out of an estimated 3,100 people buried at St. Thomas Cemetery, nearly 300 have gone decades without a gravesite marker. No name, no date of birth, no date of death. There was nothing to indicate if someone was even buried in plots where grass was growing between rows of headstones. That had to change, said Tina Johnson, who leads the St. Thomas Catholic Church Cemetery Committee. Quote, everybody has a name, she said, and everybody is important, added Joey Haynes. So, on Friday, Cemetery Sexton, I did not know that that was... I did not either. I had no idea that that was a title name. Uh, Mike Kopf uh, put brick-sized pavers at unmarked sites in the, uh, of the cemetery at 23rd and Sherman. Name and years of birth and dates were included. Quote, we're really happy to be doing this, Johnson said. It was Kopf's uh, idea, uh, who noted there were hundreds of unmarked sites, 276, far more than he initially thought, and most in the cemetery's older section. Kopf wasn't sure why there was so many uh, unmarked sites, but he said there were a lot in the older section of the cemetery dating back to the early 1900s and were younger people and children. Quote, maybe families couldn't afford them, he said. Johnson said it became an issue became an issue when people wanted to look at available burial sites in the cemetery. It's now it's full now. But she said but she couldn't say with certainty because so many were unmarked. The church paid about $5,200 out of the cemetery account and ordered engraved pavers from a Florida company. Johnson and Kopf. Uh, joined research efforts to determine who was buried where at St. Thomas Cemetery, where the earliest burial dates back to 1890. On Friday, they referred often to old handwritten ledgers that matched names with grave sites, sections, rows, and plots. Quote, we're going to 22, Johnson said as they walked to another area of the, uh, the cemetery. Cop used brick-sized cutter, a, cut, a brick-sized cutter, a heavy tamper, and lots of muscle to cut away each section of grass and dirt, then tap, tapped each paver into its new home. He's about halfway done. Quote, it's, it isn't quite as smooth as I dreamed, he said, smiling. Mm-hmm. The paver project is this year is another of many improvements in the past few years at the Three Acre Cemetery. A new fence, statues, QR codes to make it easier to find burial sites, granite benches, and signs at the southeast corner and northwest corner have been added. I always these these stories as it kind of hits the historian in me. Mm. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it, it keeps the documentation going. That's true. And, and That's true. Memory, you know, I was, memories I, alive. That's very true. And I I wasn't really thinking of documentation because I was sort of thinking like, well, I mean, and I suppose decades sort of of family members are still are still around, and because I was just thinking, well, I don't know for myself, thinking of would I. Would I care necessarily if three hundred years later? Sure, if my grave disappears. If my grave disappears, I mean, but I think I mean it's about the memory. It's about the like, memory. Remain, about I mean, the... remains only last. Oh, so definitely, long. exactly. Know, after but a while, the... you're you're burying a memory. You mm-hmm. know, not necessarily right. anything physical. No, exactly. I mean, it is. St- yeah, no. unless you got mummified, like if you're Egyptian or something, but. Ancient Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Mummified. Whoa. That's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Moving on to study. Separate beach, boat launch. This by Bill Bewley. Separating the beach and the boat launch at Honeysuckle Beach was the most popular solution to challenges there, according to the results of a survey. The Hayden City Council may take action on the final report of the Honeysuckle Beach and boat launch study at its Tuesday meeting. 
More than a year of interviews, open houses, public outreach, and working groups were part of the process, led by the city of Hayden. One survey of 440 people asked participants to rank the challenges at Honeysuckle Beach. Overcrowding, traffic congestion, and lack of parking were the top issues, according to the report's executive summary. Quote, the goal is to improve the experience for beach, dock, and boat launch users, not increase capacity. Respondents were asked to rank solutions to the issues, and most popular one was to separate the beach and boat launch. One solution caused, called for relocating the launch to the south side of Honeysuckle Bay. About half of the respondents indicated that they will be willing to pay for parking, which is currently free, and more than 60% said that they will be willing to pay more for the launch. The council will determine the next steps, which may include more study of the suggested solutions, or it could take action and work toward obtaining funding and implementation. The council is set scheduled to meet at 5 p.m. Tuesday at City Hall. Hmm. So that's today, today at go. 5. Go out there. City Hall, City Council meetings, always fun. Oh, they're always thrilling. They're all, Take it from us. Mm-hmm. It's so, so fun. <laughs> Moving on, Sunday, July 10th headlines. Rolling. Rolling. Rolling, on Rolling the river. through the river city. I'm sure that's where she was going, yeah. Rolling through the river city. This is by Devin Weeks. Post Falls High School football players gathered around a giant American flag Saturday morning. They gently unfurled Gold Glory and lifted her above their heads to carry in the Post Falls Festival Parade, careful to never let her touch the ground. Quote, I love that they get to stand up and show pride for their community and their country, said uh, Katie Marmon, whose son, incoming senior Caden Marmon, is a linebacker on the varsity team. Quote, they decided some time to just give back to Post Falls, she said. Charlene Hickerson, whose son Ashton Hickerson plays as a defensive end, said the community supports the team and the team reciprocates that support. Quote, my son always says he just wants to be a part of the community and show support for wherever he can, she said. Football moms, grandparents, veterans, parents, couples, candy-seeking kids, and festive canines were among the many who enjoyed the Post Falls Parade, which featured nearly 60 entries that rolled along Celtis Way. Blocking traffic from Spokane <laughs> Street to Idaho Street. That's not in the story, but, you know, sometimes you got a gonzo journalist stuff. <laughs> Quote, it still has the hometown feeling, said Riley, who grew up in a tiny southeastern Idaho town near Wyoming. The Post Falls Festival continues today with community worship service at 10 a.m. in, the, uh, in Camellon Park with Grand uh, Grand. Camellon Park Grand Pavilion, boy, oh boy, followed by uh, followed by food and craft vendors, live music, a beer garden, and other attractions from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Camellon Park is at 12201 West Parkway Drive. Uh, Camellon Park might be the most argued over pronunciation. Mm. Growing up in Post Falls, I don't, yes. it's, I, I think a lot of people, to, to save the argument, they just call it Q Park. Right. But, uh, Quellum, Chameleon. Uh, there are a lot of, and you said it, Quamelon? Quellum Park. Que- I just call him Quellum Park, Quellum. but it, it's... Right. It's, I, it, it, no, I mean, everyone... Uh, in fact, I, I think in a fourth grade, uh, a fourth grade tour, I was told that it was, it's the actual pronunciation is Quellum. But, ah. but I, again... But, right, it's... And that one's way too hard. I that's mean, interesting, Quellum. Yeah. Que- I, call, I just call it Quellum. Yeah. Or I like Q Park. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Q Park is, is yeah. a simple one. Yep. Exactly. Maybe a Q Absolutely. Park. Alrighty. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Consumers feel the pangs of high food prices. This was by Joe Taylor. 
With gas and food prices increasing by seemingly endless margins, it's no surprise that Americans are experiencing the worst case of inflation since 1981. Yoo-hoo! Yay, millennials! We get to experience it all. An average increase of just more than 10% in food costs nationwide within the past seven months has left Kootenai County residents feeling the burn. Some families have reported their grocery bills have at least doubled and they're struggling to keep up. Other local shoppers are making considerations about their diets to keep their grocery bills affordable. Quote, I'm becoming intentional about using what's in the freezer and cupboards, Post Falls residents Lorinda Birch said. It's become necessary to do without. Everyone in the U.S. has been dealing with these growing prices, but what is causing this rampant inflation? Sky-high gas prices, scrambling supply chains, tight labor markets, and political conflicts are just a few factors in a perfect storm driving up the cost of goods in the U.S. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, gas costs have gone up nearly 50% since last year. Those growing gas prices have increased the cost of nearly every step of an already struggling supply chain. A side effect of the brief 2020 recession, the global supply chain is bent out of shape. With many Americans spending less in the wake of the pandemic, factories closed and supply chains scaled back in response. The rapid recovery of the U.S. economy after COVID-19 saw many Americans returning to their old spending habits and beyond. Mm -hmm. But the scaled-back supply chain could not meet their pace. The supply chain is now only starting to recover. Another major factor of inflation is the tightening U.S. labor market. Unemployment is at 3.6%. Even with the large number of Americans rejoining the labor force, there is still a major labor shortage in the U.S. This labor shortage has increased starting wages, an incentive to attract more workers, but these rising wages contribute to increased cost of goods. Another major cause of increasing inflation is Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The loss of trading partners in Russia and Ukraine has caused economic issues that have spread to every corner of the world. Without Ukrainian agriculture, the Indian government decided it was in its best interest to cancel all wheat trade. Mm. Year-to-date wheat futures have increased by more than 60%. As so many factors drive up food prices, a future where prices return to normal may seem distant. In theory, high prices lead consumers to find cheaper alternatives or forego the goods, but it is nearly impossible to stay entirely out of the food market. To combat high food costs, consumers are are economizing by finding alternatives at the grocery store, eating out less, and even growing some food of their own. Uh This change in habits drives down prices by decreasing demand for the more expensive goods being avoided. However, for people struggling to make ends meet, these actions may not be possible. Those who are out of the labor force and unable to enjoy the increased wages are at the most significant detriment. Quote, they are facing a lot of need, said Eric Williams of Second Harvest, a Spokane-based nonprofit that supplies a network of partner food banks in eastern Washington and north Idaho. Williams said Second Harvest's quarterly reports indicate growing food insecurity throughout the region. What can people facing food insecurity do in response to rising food prices? For one, the National Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, SNAP, aims to assist in the form of what many know as food stamps. Idaho is one of many states underutilizing SNAP. Many Idahoans who qualify for SNAP do not even apply. Quote, we're fortunate to be located where we are, Williams said. Spokane and Coeur d'Alene are lucky to have local growers where many worldwide are without. 
Well, I think that's a great article about. I, I mean, it's very it's, informative. It's informative. It's uh, easy to read. It's int- yeah. No, I think great job, Joe Taylor. I think Absolutely. that was the first story that we article that we've read from you. And good job. Great Woo-hoo. job. I think that's right. I, like you said, very informative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Cool. Best Blinds and Awnings has been the premier business for window treatments in Spokane and North Idaho since 1999. With options from window shutters to sunshades and vertical blinds and everything in between, owner Jason and his team continually exceed customer expectations to provide the best blinds and outdoor awnings for your home. Awnings are in stock now, so don't miss out on enhancing your outdoor space. Call 208-664-5858 today. Moves into Monday, July 11th headlines. Yes. Greenbelt is a go. This by Bill Buehling. Sherry Robinson bikes often on the North Idaho Centennial Trail from her Mill River home to downtown Coeur d'Alene. It's already a beautiful ride with views of the Spokane River, but it's about to get even better. A plan to create a green belt almost a quarter mile long near Riverstone Park was announced Friday. It will benefit the entire area, said Doug Eastwood, chairman of the North Idaho Centennial Trail Board and villain of Clint Eastwood. (laughs) (laughs) Doppelganger villain. This is evil twin. Mm-hmm. Doug. Doug, the evil twin of Clint. Uh, <laughs> work could begin this year. Eastwood said that the green belt will go from Riverstone Park east to BB uh, Boulevard. It will include lush green, gla- green grass, trees, irrigation, landscaping, 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 40 parking spots, and a railroad roundhouse with interpretive signage and a tribute to the area's history with railroads. It will replace an, re- replace an area of weeds, rocks, patches of dirt, yellow grass, and a short paved section of trail. I like that patch of dirt. <laughs> Just kidding. The Centennial Trail Leave Crossing it, at BB Boulevard will also be realigned from its sharp 45-degree angle to a straight, safer crossing of the road. Long-term goals are continuing the Greenbelt West to Hutter and East to Coeur d'Alene, quote, potentially becoming over one mile long that meanders along the Spokane River and Lake Coeur d'Alene, Eastwood said, adding it would be a great addition to Idaho's 23-mile Centennial Trail Corridor. The project is a result of a cooperative effort between the City of Coeur d'Alene, Riverstone LLC, and the NICT Foundation. All own land side-by-side where the Greenbelt plan will be developed, and all have agreed to the combined use of the properties. A key player is Rob Blome and of Star Standcraft Development, Eastwood said. Last year, Blome submitted a plan to the city's planning and zoning commission for a commercial and residential development, quote, Mahogany Lane, west of BB Boulevard by the Spokane River in the Riverstone subdivision. Blome told the city that he would add the green belt to his project, but Eastwood said two conditions had to be worked out first. Riverstone LLC and the foundation had to grant an easement across from their properties. They also had to ask if they were lucky, punk. (laughs) Just kidding. They did, and that was finalized on June 28th. The project could begin this year, but more likely next year. Greenwood praised my lawn. (laughs) Get off of my lawn. Greenwood praised Bloom for his willingness to work with them. He said initial talks began about a year ago, and the Greenbelt's estimated price tag has risen to about $750,000. Quote, he's still willing to do the job, Greenwood said. Kudos to Rob and his team. Tabitha Crack, L-N-I-C-T executive director, said she was excited for what the Greenbelt meant for future events, such as art exhibits or farmer's markets, could be held there. Quote, a great place to bring the community together, she said. Uh, Eastwood will also be protecting it with an M1 Grand. Uh, if people step on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> numerous grand, numerous, numerous grand, grand Trino references Trino. here. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yep. If you're looking for a refreshing, locally made beer, check out Radio Brewing at 319 Main Street in Uptown Kellogg. The tap room is open seven days a week. They offer delicious craft beer and awesome snack and food options. To learn more, visit radiobrewingcompany.com. Radio Brewing, put radio in your mouth hole. Get a ninja star in your mouth hole. Mm, yum, 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 yum. A literal <laughs> one. That would, that would be bad. Mm-hmm. All right. That takes us to Tuesday today, the 12th. Nude no more. Oh, this is so sad. Mm-hmm. This is by Kay Thornbro. A couple recently pulled up to Prater Ranch Resort, got out of their car, and immediately began to disrobe. But not in like a creepy way. Like like that's no, normally like that's, that's normally the routine. Normally there. the routine. Yeah. There had been something of a mix-up. A year ago, the resort was a world-famous, though discreet nudist getaway that drew visitors from all over. I agree discreet because I had never yeah. heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's since come under new ownership, and though clothing is no longer optional, everyone is welcome. Quote, my vision is to see a bunch of kids running around having fun, said Debbie Silva, who now runs Prater Ranch Resort alongside her family. Silva had long dreamed of running a campground. After her retirement, she searched the Northwest for the right spot, with the help of her son and daughter-in-law. The couple had spent years traveling the country to work at other campgrounds and resorts. Her daughter-in-law, Janessa, recalled sitting around a campfire in Oregon when she saw an online listing for the former nudist haven in Worley. The idea of buying the place began as a joke. Then, on a whim, the family decided to drive to Idaho and check it out. Quote, it's an extremely calming and peaceful space. I have not enjoyed that kind of feeling in my life for a long time. I didn't want to leave. So they stayed. The Silvas secured a loan to purchase the resort for $2.2 million. The family poured an additional $1 million, sourcing the cash from the sale of a home, into renovating the newly christened, christened Prater Ranch Resort, which takes its name from Silva's late grandmother. The 40-acre property boasts 65 RV sites, tent sites, cabins, and 11 hotel rooms. The lodge has an indoor pool, as well as a fitness center, recreation rooms for kids and adults, a library, and a cafe. All of the furnishings are new. Outdoor activities include... <laughs> that's uh, that, that was really definitely put in there for a reason. Like... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Outdoor activities include sand volleyball, bocce, and the nine-hole-oldest golf. I'm sorry. Plus a petting zoo and hiking trails. Renovation of the outdoor pool is underway and will be complete before summer's end. After falling in love with Idaho, Janessa Silva said settling down at the resort with her family has been like a dream. Prater Ranch Resort is located at 30400 South Sunday Trail in Worley. More info, visit www.praterranchresort.com. Okay. Uh... I mean, sorry for the nudists out I, there. I, I, I do. I mean, it sounds like that is that you is know, a bit a bit of a bummer when your favorite spot is changed. To, but uh, sounds like they're they're really. Well, I mean, some it sounds like a very nice, cool place. Yeah. I agree. So, I mean, just just you guys are gonna have to find somewhere else to be naked. I guess. Yeah. Go. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Teacher contracts approved. Mm. This is by Devin Weeks. It's a done deal. 
The Coeur d'Alene School District and Coeur d'Alene Education Association are in agreement regarding teacher contracts for the 2022-2023 school year. Board trustees on Monday approved the agreements proposed and settled on by the association and the school board teams, which participated in four interest-based bargaining sessions from May through when tentative agreement was reached Wednesday, July 6. The vote was unanimous, 4-0. Trustee Adder Anderton was absent. Quote, we really appreciate that they respected the process, Coeur d'Alene Education Association President Aaron Hayes said after the board approved the agreements. Quote, the negotiation teams on both sides worked really hard. The contract will give teachers a 3.25% salary increase, with another 1% increase possible contingent on whether the August 30th school plant facilities levy is approved by voters. The levy will not fund teacher salary increases, but will free up existing deferred maintenance, security, and tech funds in the existing budget to pay for salaries. Hayes said this showed that teachers in the district were willing to give as good as projected pay raises as it could afford. Quote, I think a lot of teachers were happy to see that they did that, Hayes said. That was the potential final thing that brought us to an agreement. The 3.25% raise will accompany an increase in how much teachers receive for master degrees in career and technical education to $3,000 and $250, uh, $250 whoa, whew, <laughs> I'm sure they would love that, yes. $2,500 respectively. Quote, we were initially not very happy with the offer of 3.25%, said Hayes, who observes but does not actively participate in the negotiations between the teachers union and the district teams. Quote, the way the state had increased their funding, we felt that they'd be able to do more. What we finally came to agree on is that the other ancillary work and environment agreements that we came up with are very good. Coeur d'Alene School Board Vice Chair Casey Morris, 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 Morris Rowe, Morris Rowe, Morris Rowe boy, mm. who has participated in negotiations for seven years, thanked trustee Leslie Garrick for participating in her first year. Quote, I'd like to thank Leslie, who was in there last week when I was out of town and got the deal closed. I told her she volunteered for next year because she closed when I couldn't, Morris Rowe said. Glad we were able to go through this route and reach an agreement. The decision comes from about a month after the board voted to give classified employees a 7% pay raise. Quote, everyone voiced high interest in trying to be uh, trying to better compensate some of our lowest paid employees, Maven said. Those are the positions that have been so hard to fill and keep filled. Bus drivers, custodians, office staff, school plus workers, they'll get a nice little increase. Molly, that's got to put a smile on your face. I'm always happy when anyone in education gets a little because... Yeah. What are you talking about? They're always paid fairly. Oh, always. Always paid fairly. Those yeah. Te- those, those rich, greedy teachers. When I, uh, well, yeah. I, when I first started working in, in the Kellogg School District, mm-hmm. I believe I was paid $8 an hour. And Sorry, it's not funny. That's In fact, it's, it's, it's like, it's so sad that it is funny. It's, it really is. Like, and, you have to laugh. And you're right. And I was a special education paraeducator and mm-hmm. worked with... Students that were violent, students that had health issues, students that, I mean, yeah, $8. It is laughable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- and You just had to laugh. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. 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 And then it was like when I went to Post Falls and made nine twenty-five, I was over the moon. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm making the big bucks. Right, right. Oh boy. So yes, it does put, it puts a smile. And I understand, you know, I mean, this does talk about the pro, it's not easy. It's not like you can just be like, yep, yeah, let's give all teachers and everyone an increase in, in their wages. Like it's a long process. You have to make sure the money's somewhere. So when it happens, I'm happy. There you go. Mm hmm.
The Broken Wheel Restaurant in Kellogg, Idaho is now open and ready to serve you breakfast, lunch, and dinner, offering only certified Angus beef. Come in and sink your teeth into a mouth-watering steak or burger. Order online and pick it up or dine in with them. Don't forget, kids eat free on Tuesdays with the purchase of an adult meal. Visit the Broken Wheel Restaurant today at 102 East Cameron Avenue in Kellogg or call 208-784-0666. Moves in two. Moves into Shoshone News Press headlines for Tuesday, July 12th. Alrighty. Molly, what do you got? We've got a free showing of Dante's Peak in Coeur d'Alene. Bring a lawn chair, a blanket, and some comfy clothes this Friday at the lawn of the Fort Sherman Chapel for an explosive viewing of the film Dante's Peak. The event is part of Movies on the Lawn, which is a special attraction hosted by the Museum of North Idaho and is free and open to the public. The museum's mission is to preserve and illuminate North Idaho's history and traditions through exhibits, programs, and events. Britt Thurman, executive director for the museum, explained that the purpose is to feature films in North Idaho, have actors from the area, or like Dante's Peak, were filmed locally. Quote, we always want to make sure that any of the activities that we do are mission-related, and the outdoor movies can be a fun way for people to get involved with the museum. Dante's Peak was filmed in Wallace in the mid-1990s, starring actors Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton, and features several locations throughout Wallace, as well as the rest of Shoshone County and Washington. Brosnan was at the pinnacle of Hollywood fame when he filmed Dante's Peak, which came in the midst of his run of four different installments as the super suave spy James Bond in the 007 film franchise. Dante's Peak was part of the 90s boom in which the historically popular disaster film genre and centers on a volcanologist, unfortunately does not (laughs) study... Uh, Vulcans, mm-hmm. chance. Yeah, <laughs> who is sent to study seismic activity in the small town of Dante's Peak, Wallace with a slightly different coat of paint. Upon arrival, he meets the single mother mayor of the town and through the trauma bonding survivor, sorry, trauma bonding nature of surviving a volcanic eruption, they forge a relationship. The movie received mixed critical reviews, but that didn't stop it from being a massive hit and financial success, raking in $178.1 million at the box office in 1997. Quote, we just want people to go to Wallace and ask where the volcano is, Thurman said jokingly. Hmm? The free event will continue throughout the following months as a chance to learn about the museum and local history or to simply enjoy a free film. Dante's Peak will be shown this Friday, July 15th at 8.45 p.m. And if you enjoy Dante's Peak, the museum would like to invite you to view its other showings, including Super 8, starring the actor Joel Courtney, who grew up and went to school in Moscow, Idaho. Super 8 will be shown Friday, August 12th. Next up is Smoke Signals, which was set on the Coeur d'Alene Reservation and was filmed in North Idaho, Spokane, and Eastern Washington, and will be shown on September 9th. All movies will be free to view on the lawn of the Fort Sherman Chapel, located at 332 Hubbard Street in Coeur d'Alene. Snacks and drinks will be available for purchase. For more information on this event and more that the Museum of North Idaho puts on, visit uh, www.museum.com ni.org forward slash events. Love what the folks do over at the uh, North Idaho Museum. Yeah, yeah. I know. I might depend. I mean, this we're, we're a little busy this week with mm-hmm. trying to find treasure. But if I am free Friday, I might go. It's been a while since I watched Dante's Peak. And it seems like be, be fun a fact, fun. Fun fact, our first April Fool's story here at the News Press was about uh, Pierce Brosnan. 
Oh. He uh, he came back to Wallace, uh-huh. warning of an impending eruption. <laughs> uh, he he would like when he came into town, he had a head injury. Uh-huh. Like it was it was apparent that he had been hit on the head, and and he thought he was that in he was Dante's, in Dante's peak, peak again. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's pretty funny. It went over quite well. It was, it was <laughs> that's <great> good. <laughs> Moving on, former MSD, that's Mullen School District employee, Ooh. charged in battery case. This is by Josh McDonald. Last week was a busy week for the Shoshone County justice system as several cases made its way through both the district and magistrate courts. Among the case her, cases heard was that of Constance King, who made her first appearance in front of Magistrate Judge Keisha Oxendine last week. King, 29, had been charged with sexual battery of a minor child, uh, minor child, 16 or 17 years of age. According to court documents, the charges stem from an incident that occurred between December 2021 and January 2022, where she allegedly solicited a minor to to participate in sexual activity at her home in Mullen. The victim was a student in the Mullen School District, where King held employment until earlier this year. The felony charge carries up with uh, with it a possible maximum sentence of 25 years in prison, a potential $50,000 fine, a potential $5,000 civil penalty, as well as mandatory registration as a sex offender. A person commits sexual battery by engaging engaging in or soliciting sexual contact with a child uh, who is 16 or 17 years old when the defendant is at least five years older, with the intent of arousing, appealing to, or gratifying the lust, passion, or sexual desire of a such person, minor child, or third party. Administrators from the Mullen School District were contacted by the news press and asked if King's employment with them had been ended due to the allegations. The district was also asked if any crimes may have been committed on MSD property and if they had any statement regarding the state, uh, the student's safety, they declined to comment. Never declined to comment. That's probably the number one thing that I would recommend. <laughs> King's preliminary hearing is scheduled for July 28th at 8 a.m. and will be held via Zoom. Not a great situation. Not a great situation. No, no, no. Watts Appliances is providing incomparable customer service to the Silver Valley for over 50 years. The family-owned and operated business has a wealth of knowledge regarding appliances and the brands they sell. Whether you're in need of a new washing machine or have questions about refrigerators, Watts Appliance is ready to help. Visit wattsappliance.com or stop by and visit at 3 North Division Street in Pinehurst. Also, this section is brought to you by Black Sheep Sporting Goods. Home of the lowest prices on all things outdoors since 1975, Black Sheep Sporting Goods is your one-stop shop for all your camping, fishing, hunting, and clothing needs. Open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Check out Black Sheep's new location in the Silver Lake Mall. Be sure to also check out www.blacksheepidaho.com and receive free shipping on orders over $100. Black Sheep Sporting Goods, celebrating 45 years as your favorite sporting goods store. All right, everybody, before we get into to the Bonner County Daily Bee headlines, we've got an interview for you. Mm-hmm. We are going to bring on with you today regional wildlife biologist with the Idaho Department of Fish and Game, Barb Moore. She came on and she talked to us about bear stuff. It was incredibly informative. We've, uh, we've had a lot of great. bear sightings lately mm-hmm. in North Idaho, especially going up further north to the Sandpoint and Bonner's Ferry regions. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd bring on an expert on bears to give us a little insight. Because the only expert I am on is hugs. <laughs> Molly, that was so good. I'm so proud of you. Oh. We need to stop the show. That's it. All right. We're done. Wrap it up. Boy, oh boy. Okay. All right. Let's kick it on over to that, shall we? Let's, Let's do it. Barb, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Awesome. We're here to talk all things bears, especially here in North Idaho. Uh, bears have bears have been in the news recently, been specifically, all over. yeah, spe- specifically grizzly bears. Uh, Barb, tell us. Okay, first off, let's for the audience who yes. knows nothing about bears, 
Tell us a little about bears in North Idaho. Sure. So in North Idaho, we have two different species of bears. We have black bears, which pretty much occur throughout the whole panhandle of Idaho. They prefer um, forested regions. And then we also have grizzly bears. And they occur at a much lower density than black bears in the panhandle. And um, they are essentially only in the far north end of the panhandle, so area that we, we referred to as Game Management Unit 1, which is areas north of Lake Ponderé and um, Ponderé River. And so they are kind of up in the, the Selkirk Mountains, Cabinet Mountains, and the Purcell Mountains. Gotcha. So you don't see them pretty – you don't see them further south toward like Kootenai or Shoshone counties? Well, that's, that's a good question. So um, that's where the established populations of – grizzly bears are but there's always a chance to to see them throughout their region just because um they'll often especially young males um they they will often travel kind of far distances just exploring finding new areas to maybe set up their their home range and so it is certainly a possibility to see them gotcha. throughout anywhere in in the panhandle but um certainly reliably up in the, the far north end of the panhandle gotcha kind of near toward bonner's ferry and and, and Ponderay, standpoint you know. yeah yeah mm-hmm. gotcha okay well yeah. that makes sense uh no brown bears up here so grizzly bears and brown bears are the same species there just see there you go you learn something yeah. every day <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just have different names depending upon where they are but coastal bears are often referred to as brown bears perfect okay so tell me uh, what's what's the difference between black bears and grizzlies Yes. So, so, I mean, since they're both bear species, they have a lot of similarities, but certainly um, a lot of differences as well. So some of the the big differences, at least um, physical appearance, grizzly bears, if you, um, you know, to look at them, they have more kind of rounded, um, smaller ears relative to their to their face and and head compared to black bears where they have kind of um, larger pointer ears. Mm-hmm. Grizzly bears have a shoulder hump that's kind of more of the iconic characteristic of grizzly bears and that's mm-hmm. just because they, they have a um, really well-developed um, muscle mass in their shoulders that helps them to be really effective, good diggers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Black bears do not have that shoulder hump. Sometimes, depending upon their posture, it can look like a shoulder hump, but they don't have that well-developed muscle. Um, grizzly bears, if you were to look at them from a side profile, they kind of have a dished-in face from the areas of their eyes down to their tip of their nose, and black bears are more of just a straight, straight po- profile. Um, grizzly bears also have really long... Um, claws. They could be anywhere from two to four inches long, often kind of light in color. And black bears have shorter claws, maybe mm. an inch to two inches long. And when you talk about color of bears between the two species and size, um, you know, folks often will think of a black bear as being all just, you know, as the name suggests, a black bear. Black bear but right. they can be, yeah, they can be brown. Um, dark brown, you know, kind of a cinnamon color, maybe even a light brown in color, as well as black. And grizzly bears can be, they can be, I mean, as their name suggests, is the grizzled appearance where there's kind of a brown, brown color hair and um, a white tip on the end. But they can also be dark brown in color, if not almost um, close to, to black in color. And they can be blonde as well. Um, and so anyway, color, 
color and size are not good indicators when you're trying to determine a you know what species of bear you're looking at because yeah. I have what's that it's interesting yeah because I would I mean just thinking about the well and I'm looking at pictures right now too and you would think mm-hmm. that it would be so easy to tell them apart but, but you're right that that it's misleading it is super misleading and even you know a lot of us um in the wildlife field that have had quite an experience um working with bears over the years like we still like whether we get a picture or um you know different things it's it's not super easy all the time to tell um between the two species and with their size there's quite a bit of overlap between between the two species where black bears on average um female might be 150 pounds in this area um male black bear maybe 200 225 pounds but um and these are adult bears um but a a grizzly bear can be maybe a female um 300 pounds to and a male maybe 500 pounds but certainly those younger younger grizzly bears can be in the same size range as a adult black bear so okay and you kind of have to look for all those different um combination of characteristics when you're trying to ID a bear. Sure. So uh, speaking of characteristics, are there any between their uh, uh, behaviors, like uh, behavior patterns, like are there any differences between grizzlies and and black bears? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So generally there there are um, grizzly bears tend to be, I mean, both bears, I think, avoid humans whenever whenever possible. Um, Grizzly bears tend to be um, a bit more aggressive in nature, if if possible. Where black bears, if they feel threatened, they will retreat to a you know, climb a tree and find some security and get away from a threat that way. Gotcha. Where grizzly bears, um, they evolved out in the kind of open plains where there wasn't a whole lot of you know, trees and places to escape, and so they're more likely to stay on their ground if, if a threat is exists. Gotcha. And so. So these bears, uh, we, uh, we read a story recently on the podcast about grizzlies up up, up near, I believe, Bonner's Ferry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, we've been talking to people and it sounds like bears are, are getting a little, it's, it's the war, it, do they normally wander out in, in warmer months and kind of mingle with the, the human population a little bit? Or is that pretty uncommon? No, it's not terribly uncommon in our area okay. just because, you know, we have pretty healthy, certainly healthy black bear populations, kind of an increasing grizzly bear population, as well as, as you guys know, an increasing human population. Mm-hmm. So um, we have more encounters uh, because of that. And this time of year, um, just depending upon what the natural food source is, what their availability is, can kind of um, determine how bears might might behave and respond and how much they might be looking for food. So both grizzly bears and black bears they are food driven since they hibernate in the winter they have you know a short short few months to put on all the the fat that they need to withstand the winter period so they are looking for any and every bit of food that they can find this time of year sometimes because we've had so much rain this year um kind of plants seem to be a little bit behind in their in their growth patterns where huckleberries are probably going to be a little bit later on the um, landscape than normal where they're, they're just trying to find food. Sure. What's their, what, what's their diet normally consist of? 
Yeah, so largely, I mean, they, they're both omnivores. Um, largely, it's, it is plant material, particularly for black bears, maybe like 90, 90% plus um, plant material for their diet. Grizzly bears probably have a higher percentage of meat, mm -hmm. um, animal matter in their in their diet. But um, as far as plant material goes, this early, late spring, early summer, they're looking for fresh grasses and um, forbs, just different um, vegetation that is newly growing that time of year and they can easily digest and then um, once berries start start producing they kind of shift shift their focus to berries where they can get a lot of calories in a in a short amount of time gotcha gotcha so okay let's let's transition into a little bit of specifics here talking about the stuff that that's happened recently up north um with you know with with the grizzly bear encounters mm-hmm um, what's, when, when you have an incident like this, where, where a bear, you know, goes after livestock or something like that, how is, how is this, what's, what's the first step? How do you go about handling this? Well, um, after an incident has occurred, I mean, certainly the first step would be to reach out to, to the local fishing game and, um, you know, share what happened and we will respond on the ground and, um, you know, checked over things, see see what what occurred, what we can find as far as you know tracks or scatter, any sort of um, clues that might lead us to what what species um, we might be dealing with, and then we'll often um, set a trap in the area to usually when bears will find a easy food source, they will return because they <laughs> they know it's a good place to. Um, find that food and so we'll set traps in hopes to catch them and relocate them but even one of the best things to do to prevent an actual um, conflict like that occurring on livestock is to to protect your livestock with electric fencing that is the first and foremost best way to to prevent a an attack from what well, I mean whether it could be a mountain lion in the area whatever predator might be around and so that's the best way for protection. Sure. Uh, when it comes to livestock, are, are bears generally known for this sort of behavior, or is or I mean, you know, uh, for for years, wolves have always been the big subject in North mm -hmm. Idaho when it comes to livestock killing. Um, are bears anywhere near that kind of stuff? Um, they can be, and it's it's not uncommon for bears to um, to behave in such a way. Again, just going back to that, they are food driven, so they are looking for. I mean, essentially, a, the easiest meal that they can find and most bang for their bucks. So right. when they can find a couple, you know, a hundred or two hundred pound um, pig, that's a pretty, pretty darn good. It's a good, good haul meal. right there, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's not, it's not uncommon um, necessarily for at all for bears to respond that way. Um, it for grizzly bears, they because they are generally larger. Um, and a little bit more aggressive, you know, they are more effective at taking down larger, larger livestock and where black bears are just, you know, not strong enough to do some, you know, if a couple hundred pound pig we're talking about or something like that. Sure. Are they, uh, so out in the wild, what are they normally, like, what's, what do they normally go at? Is, is it the, is it something as, you know, um, are, are they sitting there at a stream just swiping away at, at fish or, you know, how does, what's, what are they going after? 
Yeah, in, in our area, I mean, I think fish might be a very small portion of sure. their diet, but sure. probably not not too much just because, you know, we don't have like the runs of of fish um, when they're spawning like Alaska or places like that. Right, have. right. Um, but as far as other, you know, other animals that they go after this time or earlier than now, I guess, um, fawns and calves late May, early, early June when deer and elk are, are having their young, um, they certainly will, will kind of go after those animals, um, fairly opportunistically, it seems not necessarily a focused effort, but, um, and then, you know, finding carcasses, winter kill, things of that nature is often, they have an incredible sense of smell. I think Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard that. I mean, they can smell things from more than a mile away. Wow. And so it's just really impressive. So, um, so. yeah, so they can come in from long ways away for all sorts of good smells perfect wow but i mean pretty smart animals it seems like mm-hmm. and they got a yes, lot, of, lot, of, very, lot of tools for sure highly intelligent uh-huh mm-hmm. so talking encounters with an, uh humans again i mean so that you know that's livestock kills how about something is you know mundane is them just getting into your trash sure that does happen a lot too um and some of the best ways to prevent that is either, um, you know, to wait to put your trash cans out until the morning that the garbage service is coming or using a very resistant garbage can where they can't get get inside um, to get all that good smell and trash. Right. Um, and so, yeah, doing kind of securing, securing your garbage cans and or getting ones that they can't break into throwing it means throwing away all your pots of honey beforehand in a, in a separate <laughs> can exactly right? Right. <laughs> do uh, do you just you, just like how winnie the pooh would believe us does do bears actually like honey uh, yeah i mean sweet stuff for sure perfect um, okay yeah <laughs> Wait, that's that's i think that's everybody's first experience with bears honestly <laughs> hey, winnie the pooh absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> Well, cool. All right. Um, I think Barb, that's you've you've given us a lot of info mm-hmm. on on bears in the area and how to and how to handle that moving forward. Molly, you got anything you want to throw in there? No, I think. I mean, I feel more informed. I definitely do. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just knowing the difference between the black bear and the grizzly, yeah. that's very that's interesting. If I if I come across a bear in the wild, what do I do? Hug it. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's a, that's a great question. Big old so, bear hug. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> they love bear hugs. Uh-huh. Uh, um, well, first and foremost, I would recommend whenever you're um, <laughs> out in the woods to to carry bear spray. Um, yep. That is a great great thing to have on you, and uh, absolutely always have the bear spray accessible. So if um, you do have a bear encounter, you don't have to dig in your backpack to find it because mm. these things happen quickly. As well as um, practicing with your bear spray, so you know how mm-hmm. to how to use it. Um, but beyond that, so if you're out in the woods, it's always a good idea to be bear aware. You know, looking for for signs of bear tracks, scats, um, making a lot of noise, so they to prevent in a surprise encounter, which is often where these encounters and or an attack might might occur. So making a ton of noise, um, looking mm-hmm. for bears bear sign and um if you do see a bear from a distance your best your best thing to do is just to kind of 
slowly back away and, um, you know, circ- you know, make a wide um, stretch around the bear if you need to continue in that direction or um, anyway, or go back to your vehicle if that's if that's an option, depending upon what, what you're up to. Yeah, so in the story that we, we read, we, we were kind of interested in the, uh, in the one tidbit where it talked about walking sideways. Like instead of backing up or moving forward, it, it said move sideways. Is mm-hmm. that is that a thing? I mean, that could be a thing. So I think it depends upon the behavior of the bear. If, um, you know, if you have a surprise encounter, if it might be um, trying to defend either mm-hmm. its young or a carcass, you know, it views you as a threat. Yeah. And okay. so you don't want to turn your back on a bear. That's when you, smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very yeah, smart. When you, when you see one, because you don't know exactly how they might respond. So yeah, either backing away, moving sideways, just to try to retreat from the area while keeping your eye on the bear. Um, Yeah, and so if it does continue to come towards you, if it is defending its its young or carcass, um, it might make a a bluff charge towards you to try to, you know, scare you off and get you... um, to to leave and if it gets close enough that's a good time to um spray your bear spray (laughs) and and the recommendation is if there is physical contact made at that point in time from a bear acting defensively to then lay on your on your stomach put your hands kind of clasp behind your neck to protect your your neck and kind Mm -hmm. of your elbows then um Act as a stabilization while you're on the ground and um, trying to keep you yourself from getting rolled over by the bear. And um, again, they're trying to remove the threat. So if they are, you know, on you or trying to bite at you to, this sounds kind of crazy to say, but to, um, to remain as quiet and calm mm-hmm. as possible mm-hmm. because they are trying you know, to mm-hmm. view you as a threat. So if you, mm-hmm. yeah, so if you're fighting back or yelling, that might, um, that'll cue to them that you're still a threat. So anyway. It's, um, it's not like sharks where you have to, you punch them in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there is a recommendation, however, if, so, you know, watching the bear's behavior and understanding what it might be doing and why, um, if it is acting in a predatory manner where it's been following you, um, it's it's kind of checking you out as a pot- potential food source. And then in that situation, it is recommended to to um, stand your ground and to actually fight back. So, yeah, you could. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. Give it a good punch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A good poke um, in the yeah, eye. Throw sticks. What's that? A, a good, good poke, poke in the, in the eye. eye. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, throw sticks out of it, at it, look as big as possible. Um, straight and... D- Davy Crockett this right now. Okay, got it. <laughs> yep, try to, try to, um, yeah, fight back as much as, much as you can and where, however however you can and also using bear spray in that situation i want to i want to leave on a great i want to leave on a great note here how fast can bears run Ooh, um they can run very fast faster than humans oh, okay. <laughs> oh great awesome oh that's still yeah, yeah. pretty fast that's, that's that is pretty fast. fast oh boy okay well on that great note uh that that you cannot run faster you than can. a bear uh, you can probably rollerblade faster than the bear yeah right? yeah you i can, can rollerblade 35 roll, rollerblades yeah there you go <laughs>
Okay, Barb, thank wow. you so much for your yeah, time. Thank Thanks you. for having fun with us and chatting about bears. And uh, if we if we have another bear related story, maybe we'll you're you're our bear expert now. We'll give you a call and, and we'll we'll chat about the incident. Okay, sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Once again, we'd like to thank Barb for coming on the show and talking with us today. Yes. Uh, I learned a lot more about bears. I did as well. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I did not know that brown bears and grizzly bears are the same thing. Uh, I thought that was totally different. Uh, yes. Like, kind of like how there's like white-tailed deer and black-tailed deer and, and right. mule deer. Um, I, I definitely thought that that was a different thing. So you learned some. I did too. Exactly. Yeah. No, learned a lot of, a lot of different And you things. can't hug them. No. It's unfortunately, it's very fr- – I mean, if – I mean, if you want to. If you want to, but You're also you will get most likely yeah. get mauled. So if you want to get hugged and mauled, go ahead. Go but for it. Yep. if you don't want to get mauled, don't hug a bear, unfortunately. Very much so. In fact, they, they say don't approach it yeah. at all. That's yeah, it's, actually it's, it's actually stay, stay away from probably that. probably yeah. do. Yeah. Darn up. it. Hi, bear. Hi, bear. Gosh, they're so cute, it's though. Not like the, <laughs> it's not like Winnie the Pooh. No. All uh, right. Daily B headlines coming out of Sandpoint for Saturday, July 9th. Mm, we've got film with regional ties comes to Roxy. This is by Daniel Radford. Upcoming showings of the quirky comedy All Sorts will almost be like coming home for the film's writer, Rick Castaneda. The Yakima Locals film will be shown for consecutive weekends on July 23rd to 24th and July 30th to 31st at the Roxy in Newport. Quote, we're really excited to be screening all sorts in Newport, said Castaneda, who grew up in Granger, Washington. I feel like the whole state came together to make this film. We filmed in Yakima, had actors from Seattle, and crew members that came from Tri-Cities. The film was one of the festival's most viewed films when it premiered at the 2021 Seattle International Film Festival. Film critic Chase Hutchinson called the comedy sentimental and surrealist. After the film's international debut at the London Raindance Festival, critic Steve Harcourt said the film has, in abundance, an offbeat wit and remarkable charm. All sorts is the story of a lonely data entry clerk who stumbles into the world of competitive folder filing. The quirky comedy is about trying to find magic and escape the mundaneness of everyday life. Diego, who is played by Eli Vargas, is desperate to find a job and excitement. New at a strange company, Diego meets an incredibly fast folder filer named huh? June, played by Greena Park. After meeting, the two journey through a wildly unexpected office adventure. Mm. The Newport Roxy is a 1950s single-screen theater located at 120 South Washington Avenue in Newport. Screening times are 7.30 p.m. on Saturdays and 2.30 p.m. on Sundays. Sounds quirky. Have you ever been to Newport? I have been to Newport. Yeah, I've been, a, been a couple times. More on, the old, more on the old town side of things. Yes, yeah. yeah. Interesting little town. It is. Uh, it's mm-hmm. interesting that the town is cut in half by the state line. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. What is your relationship status with your bank? It's time to go steady with Bank CDA. You want local, you want flexible, you want blank, bank C, not blank CDA. Bank CDA. To learn more, please visit bankcda.com. <laughs> Moves into Sunday, July 10th headlines. DEQ offers resources for wildfire season. Mm. It's by Carolyn Lobsinger. 
While it may be may have been a wet and cool spring, Idaho Department of Environmental Quality is expected another active wildfire season, and they want the public to be prepared. Quote, wildfire smoke from local and regional fires typically impact Idaho's air quality from around July to September, Mark Boyle, IDEQ smoke management supervisor said. Smoke can be particularly harmful to people with underlying health conditions, pregnant women, children, and older individuals. Yeah, it's pretty much the only thing that should be going into your lenses. He's, uh, he's uh, oxygen. oxygen. It's air, yeah. Yeah. Last year was the one of the most challenging wildfire seasons for the de- uh, Department of Lands, Forest Protective Districts, and Timber Protective Association, IDL official aides aid said in June. IDL crews fought a total of 413 wildfires, including 10 that required incident management teams. While 88% of the fires were held to less than 10 acres, IDL officials said approximately 1,420,000 total acres of Department of Lands protected land burned. Mm-hmm. Of the fires are Recorded in 2021, 262 were human caused. That's not a good number. No, cut it out. State officials said that moisture received this spring throughout the state made a difference in fire conditions and eased late winter concerns about low snowpacks. However, warmer and drier than average temperatures July through September are still expected, and as a result, larger problematic fires aren't anticipated until later this month or early August. Wildfire Smoke Blog, a DEQ's Idaho Smoke Information Blog, is a daily publication coordinated by DEQ with other state, county, tribal, and federal agencies. The blog offers information about current air quality. Fires affecting local air quality, expected smoke impacts, regional air quality advisories, and who to contact for more information. DEQ's Idaho Smoke Information Blog is a daily publication coordinated by DEQ with other state, county, tribal, and federal agencies. The blog offers information about current air quality, fires affecting local air quality, expected smoke impacts, regional air quality advisories, and who to contact for more information. DEQ's real-time air quality map provides the latest air quality data from DEQ and tribal monitors. I've used this map quite a bit. The air quality forecast page provides daily air quality forecasts for certain areas throughout the state. DEQ provides the forecasted AQI for three days and identifies the main pollutant of concern. The page includes burn restrictions, air quality advisories, links to outdoor open burning, and real-time air quality maps and the 10-day AQI trend. The air, the air AIR Idaho app provides current air quality information relative to your location and across the state. Additional resources, DEQ encourages the public to sign up for daily email notifications through EPA's EnviroFlash service and follow the department on social media. It regularly posts important health and safety information as well as air quality forecasts and advisories. You can also monitor wildfire activity in your area and review Idaho Health and Welfare's community guide for staying healthy during wildfire smoke season. Yeah, uh, as it gets mm-hmm. really thick out there, um, those with... Uh, condition sensitive groups that kind of thing yes probably stay inside yes definitely All right. We've got Castle finds a home on lake ponderay this is by carolyn lobsinger he can see it in his mind chris franzen who owns what is known as castle von franzen near bottle bay on lake lake ponderay said he and friends were in the tunnel leading to the towering stone structure and playing music The sound echoed off the massive two-foot-thick walls and danced across the waters as nearby boats paused to listen. He remembers playing to the firelight as his two children pounded two-by-fours together as percussion instruments. It's those memories that he will hold close to his heart when it comes time to say goodbye to the castle that he has spent the last 18 years building. Quote, 
fires at midnight, playing music, just fires and the kids all together, night after night. They would hit two-by-fours together for percussion with whatever they could make sounds with. My favorite, favorite memories are of being in the tower of boats out front, listening to us play. But with his children now in their 20s and living in another state, Franzen said it became more important to spend time with them than to keep the castle. Franzen has always loved the medieval period and dreamed of owning a castle. His first home in Washington State resembled a castle, but when it came to building his home on Lake Ponderay, Franzen said he didn't want it to just look like a castle. He wanted it to be a castle. Mm. Quote, I've always been into medieval things, he said. I've always just been into castles, period. Franzen said there really isn't anything he doesn't like about the time period. Franzen, who loves music and plays, said there is something magical about the acoustics of music bouncing off the stone. That is why he said the tunnel is probably his favorite part of the castle. His children love the castle, but their lives are pulling them elsewhere, and they can't make it back to Bonner County that often. Vaughn Franzen Castle, as owner Chris Franzen refers to it, was designed with Lego bricks, with builder Roger, Roger D. Clements of Castle Magic. And for the past 18 years, he and De Clements have worked to bring that vision to life. Some years they paused for the winter, but others they kept on despite the short constructive construction season. While the castle isn't yet complete, Franzen estimates it's 75% to 80% done. Quote, it's closer than it's ever been, he said before chuckling. All of the logs, both the fir and the cedar, that were used in construction are from the property. Some of the five different types of stone come from the property, where some come from a quarry in British Columbia in Canada. As in castles built in the Renaissance and medieval periods, stone serves as both the outside and inside walls. With walls that are two feet thick and filled with insulation, rebar, conduit, and concrete, Franzen said the structure stays cool in the summer, but stores heat as the fireplaces warm the stone. Before he decided to sell the castle, Franzen said few people even knew he owned the castle, <laughs> much less one that is as authentic as they come and would fit right into the 13th or 15th centuries. When a friend who knew Franzen called and asked if Brenda Burke wanted to help sell the castle, she said she knew exactly what they were talking about, and she also knew she was going to say yes. Burke, who works at Coldwell Banker Schneidmeier Miller, excuse me, mm. Realty, watched the place slowly take shape over the past 18 years and said she was excited to help the castle find its next owner. Situated on a 10-acre lot, Burke said the next owner could even build a modern home next door and keep the castle as authentic as they wish. The castle is over 8,000 square feet and is designed to be a two-bedroom, two-bath residence with a master suite on the middle level and a master suite and entertainment area on the top. A kitchen and living space fill the entry level, which comes complete with a tunnel and stream running underneath. Wow. The level with the tunnel has a plunge pool and a planned round turret to the side of the main castle. Can be completed to add guest suites and a great room to the site. <laughs> Nuts. Pretty cool. Mm. The castle sits on the lake and has both boat access and road access. The biggest things left, Burke said, are the finishing touches on the inside, landscaping, and improving the driveway. Friends had said he hopes the next owner of the castle will keep it as authentic as possible and hopes that it will be loved by them as much as it has by him. Quote, it's really a magical place, Franzen said. So, if you're looking to live in a castle, it's 
pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I am, but do right. I have the funds for it? Yeah, probably not. Probably <laughs> Does not. anyone, any listeners want to sponsor me to live in a castle? Send me money. We will, we will after we find that treasure. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Ah, I like it. I like yeah, it. there we go. <laughs> Moving on. Tuesday, July 12th, headlines. Classic Boat Show returns to town. This is by Daniel Radford. Wooden. <laughs> That's the first word. That's the quote. Wouldn't. Wouldn't it be lovely to wander along the banks of Sand Creek and check out dozens of classic books? Daniel, nice work, Dan. Dan. Wouldn't it be lovely? That's yeah, very, very clever, you gave my us friend. a chuckle. Yep, that was good job. Good job, Daniel. Wouldn't it be lovely to wander along the banks of Sand Creek and check out dozens of classic boats? Thanks to the Pacific Northwest chapter of the Antique and Classic Boats Society, the boat show is returning to downtown Sandpoint on Saturday after a two-year pause due to COVID-19 concerns. The boat show will begin at 9 a.m. at the Sandpoint Marina, and at 3 p.m., the boats will parade through Sand Creek. How do I feel about I know, boat I parades? I was going to ask, how do you feel about boat parades? Mixed. Okay. The event also features a boat building program Ooh, for kids. I like that. The show, which moved to Sandpoint 2002, which first uh, was first sponsored by local business owner and private cap pirate this captain. Is pirate captain. Pirate cap. Sorry, uh, I just I read pirate and I'm like it can't be pirate. It's got to be, be private, private captain. captain. Nope, it's pirate captain. Pirate captain Dan Mimac. <laughs> captain Dan. This story. Who founded Northwest Handmade <laughs> Furniture and Gallery provides the material to help local youngsters build their small boats and later test their seaworthiness in his castle tank. <laughs> this isn't real. This is this is a made up story. Go find Captain. This is not I Captain find Dan. Pirate, Captain Dan. You think you think he's training like kid pirates? Like this is this is like oh, Captain no. Hook. It is. It's like kid pirates. Mm. Oh boy! The event is free, and all kids are welcome to play pirate for the day. Mimac previously said that he is concerned about underprivileged kids in the area, many of whom would never get to build a small boat or ride in a pirate ship without this free Very event. True. It really sounds like he's he's building a, he's trying a to crew, build a little pirate crew. Yeah, he's building a crew. Mm. Local ACBS member Dan Ro, uh, Rob Robson said that while Mimac Mimac has stepped back from sponsoring the event, he still participates. Stancraft Boats is sponsoring this year's event. Robson also noted that the wonderful Sandpoint Marina is for its ongoing support and sponsorship since the show first came to the community 20 years ago. The event is the only judged boat show in the North, inland Northwest and brings out a variety of styles and boaters. The event is not. The event not only gets a lot of attention in large part due to Mimac's pirate ship, but also serves as an educational opportunity. While the kids are excited about the pirate ship, the wooden boats that line the boardwalk perched along Sand Creek attract their own share of attention. Boat owners are often in their boats during the event and are happy to discuss the boat's history and share the restoration process. Quote, Sandpoint is really a beautiful community, Robson said. Well, I'm intrigued yeah. by the... There's so much that's the, interesting right there. There is a lot that's interesting I, right I gotta, there. I gotta take that. I gotta take that in. Yeah. The North Idaho State Fair is set to celebrate its 100th anniversary this year from August 19th to the 28th and wants you to join in on the fun. From monster trucks and extreme bull riding to carnival rides and live concerts, there's something for everyone at the fair. They actually have a lot of interesting headliners this year, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, for the first time ever, the North Idaho State Fair is offering golden tickets that give holders lifetime access to the fair, and all proceeds will go to a new livestock building. For tickets and more information, visit nisfair, that's F-A-I-R dot fun. Woo! Molly, we what an episode. It. What an app. 
Wow. Lots of stuff here. Lots of good stuff. A lot of whimsy, a lot of mystery, yep. a lot of intrigue. Yep. Right. Thank you again to our interviewee. Yes, that absolutely. Was wonderful. Yep, that was great. Thanks for all the bear info. Um, Learn about outdoors and uh, shenanigans, uh -huh. outdoor treasure hunting shenanigans. Dang. Pirates. We could use a pirate pirates? in the crew. That's true. Captain Dan. We hit need us up. Captain Dan we in would love our treasure hunting for crew. For you to come. I'm sure that your expertise will be needed. Absolutely. There's water about. There's the, about gotta, there. We have to navigate the the creek. We have to navigate Stevens yep. Lake. Yep. There we go. Probably. Pro pro maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we no, don't know yet. No stern stone left unturned. That's right. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Please like, comment, and share all of our stuff on social media. If you're interested in the stories we talked about today or the ones we did not, check us out at www.quarterlanepress.com, socialnewspress.com, bunnercountydailyb.com, or thebonusferryherald.com. If you listen to us on a podcatcher or a music app such as Player FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of them, any of them at all, uh, please subscribe and give us a nice review. And uh, check us out at uh, the North Idaho Now Facebook page. Give us a like over there as well. Mm -hmm. All right, That'd everybody. Be wonderful. That's it. We're done for the day. We'll see you on Friday. Bye.